Welcome. This podcast is about the truth behind recoveries, recovery stories, and how I think that we need to shift our perspective to really change it and change the way we think about everything. And very often a change of perspective can help us grow and can help us heal as well if we look at things completely in a different way. And this podcast is about that. If you enjoy the content, then consider making a donation because everything that I do is based on donations. It's freely available, just like the Alignment Recovery Program. Share it as well among your friends or other people who might need it and enjoy the podcast. Hi there, beautiful soul. Thank you for listening to this podcast. A podcast where we try to look at everything in a different way and we talk about healing and what it really is. But before we start, make sure you're not agitated. Take a nice and deep breath. Hold it for a while. And let it all out. Arrive in the present moment. Feel your body. Really use it as if it is some sort of a meditation, yet this is a podcast and I hope you're going to enjoy. Everybody wants to recover. Yet what does recovery really mean? How does it look like? Why do I even think that the word recovery is a wrong word here? A word that I use, but I don't really like it just like I don't like the name chronic fatigue syndrome. Recovery has the word re in it, meaning going back to a place. Whereas I hate to go backward. Why? Why would we do that? Why would we choose the life and relive the life that made us ill? If you believe in such a thing, if you believe that we have a role into developing a condition like chronic fatigue syndrome, Lyme, fibromyalgia, etc. Do we have that? I think yes. Therefore, the word recovery is not a right word. I'd like to replace it with the word uncovery. To uncover yourself. Who are you really? And what can life really look like? We've seen the past. We've seen it. We know where it, where it will lead us to. We know what, gonna, what is going to happen when we are stressed, living from to-do lists. How would your ideal life look like? Yesterday in a coaching session, I asked this to a woman who has been ill for several years with chronic fatigue syndrome, going from crash to crash, being, feeling very anxious about the symptoms. I asked her, what would your ideal life look like? How would you uncover yourself? And she basically said, I just want to, 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 to live a lame life. And that's exactly where we need to go to. Of course, when you, li when you are living a lame life, you would never judge it to be lame. Because if you judge it to be lame, then you're still in the old paradigm where we need to have lots of input in our lives, doing lots of things. 
um, maybe doing extreme sports in order to feel more adrenaline, having a good job or job title that can provide us with some status or something like that. So this is all the old paradigm that we need to leave behind. Therefore, recovery is going back to, you know, working 40 hours a, a week, maybe. Maybe doing the exact same things, keeping up with your with your friends that you have missed for so long. And I really don't see this as an option. To look at it from a different perspective. At a certain point in my recovery, or let's say uncovery, <laughs> I realized that I was never sick. I was never ill. There was just an, a period there where I had to relearn how to treat myself or unlearn how to not treat myself. And every time that I made a mistake or so to say, where I didn't treat myself the right way, I could expect symptoms. And I actually still can expect symptoms. I can still expect symptoms if I treat myself the old way. Like for example, almost every week I feel that I'm sort of getting symptoms. I'm going out of bed. Maybe uh, I feel like uh, buzzing in my ears, like on my heartbeat. Maybe it will get dark in front of my eyes. Maybe my heart will pound faster. And then I know again, okay, there is something that I'm not feeling here. And instead of coping with this by trying to uh, do something to distract myself from this, it's no going back to bed and really feel. What is it? Where is it in my body? What does it want to tell me? Or can I just feel it without making any mental interaction with it whatsoever? When I really take the time for this, things can act, things can shift again very fast. And I feel so energetic after that. So I just needed 10 or 15 minutes to really feel into my body because I was, again, unconsciously suppressing a feeling, suppressing a boundary or suppressing a thought or, you know, whatever. It can be lots of things. Maybe I was interacting myself in coping behavior before. It could be lots of things that I was doing i was still doing the old paradigm that we leave that that we need to leave behind therefore i came to the conclusion that i was never really sick i just had to unlearn how to not treat myself this might of course sound ridiculous if you are experiencing uh, the midst of a chronic fatigue syndrome period with lots of fatigue and crashes then i know it is so heavy I will never diminish your feelings. I will never do that. So then, lots of people experiencing chronic, a chronic disease, they are going to uh, find videos on YouTube or Facebook posts about recoveries, and they can find many nowadays. It wasn't that common when I had the experience of, of those faces in my life. There was hardly anything out there, just a few stories. And, and I remember one story from Beth, who became a swimmer. That was my most inspiring story. Yet, there was, no, there was almost nothing else out there. 
Yet at the same time, I was dreaming myself to be in one of those recovery stories. Look at me. I have recovered. I made it. That became sort of my goal in those periods. On my first recovery in 2018, before I had a really big relapse that was even worse than the phase before, I even made some videos about how I did it. I thought at that moment that everything was behind me, that I could live my old life again, which I did, only to find out that it will give me such a hard relapse that I just can't do it. So there I was with those uh, videos on YouTube telling about my recovery story, where I didn't recover yet because I was still having the same problem. Therefore, many of us are keen to be invited for recovery stories when we are in a good phase. Not every one of those are recovered or uncovered for good. Many of them can still expect a relapse. Also, you cannot really compare these people because everybody has uh, chronic fatigue syndrome or other similar conditions for a different reason. So my chronic fatigue syndrome does not equal your chronic fatigue syndrome. That person or, or human that you see in a recovery story might have had chronic fatigue syndrome for a completely different reason. I'm not telling this to make it harder for you to believe that you can improve or be getting rid of the symptoms at all, but just to give yourself more of a break and say, well, maybe some people recover faster, for some it's, it's, it's more deep. Really traumatized people I uh, experience, um, they need more time and they have a lot more suppressed emotions than, than people who are not traumatized in such a severe way. Maybe they could keep up with the old life longer than the other people did. So you can't really compare these people one-to-one -one, and not every one of them will be recovered for good or uncovered for good. So we need to keep this in mind. So these are stories to maybe uh, help you. So there are success stories. Yet I always know that whenever they involve themselves in old coping behavior or suppressing, they can still experience symptoms. So I don't really believe that there is either a full recovery or being sick. I don't see it like that. I see it as a very vague line, something that is fluid. And it doesn't really matter if you have a relapse or if some symptoms can get back because it's a learning uh, possibility for you to really learn about yourself, see what causes it, what causes it. Was it an emotion? Was it a boundary? Was it coping behavior? Um, was it um, too many um, input in your system? Because believe me, after so many years in bed, I have become extremely sensitive. You know, this HSP, high sensitive person uh, theory. Well, I think we could apply this to ourselves. Maybe it is as well one of the underlying causes of getting uh, into such a condition in the first place. We're very sensitive. This also means that the emotions from us 
are very intense, very heavy, probably too heavy as well for our parents who had to deal with it and had to deal with their own shit at the same time and were themselves not able to feel their own emotions as their parents could not guide them through their shit. So yes, I think most of us are what they call HSPs and I'm way more sensitive right now than I used to be in childhood even. Going to a concert right now with loud music and lots of people talking, light effects, it can overwhelm my my system. I, I don't know if that is a good thing or a bad thing, but I see it, I just accept the reality for what it is. I have to live my life differently. Probably the way that I should have lived it in childhood, because I was such a um, sensitive child. I was really very, very introvert. I had a problem speaking. I was too shy to open my mouth. I was afraid for every step that I took. The emotions were all piled up in my body from a very young age on. And whenever there was an emotion like anger, for example, my anger was extreme in childhood. Logically, nobody could deal with that in a society where everybody is numbed up, numbed down, completely numb. To adapt to this uh, numb society, uh, where we need input all the time with music everywhere and more people and always more and more and more and being busy all day, seeing busyness as something good and laziness as something bad or resting as bad. To keep, it, to keep up with this society, I had to change myself and you had to change yourself probably as well. We had to adapt. I, I remember uh, a memory from the year 2005, where I was 20 years old, working in an entertainment team, where the entertainment chief uh, told, told me that I was very introvert. I was always uh, thinking about things. And I actually was. And because at, th- at those moments, I was thinking about the interactions that I had with clients or other people. I was thinking about how can I be better? How can I be? How can I be funnier? How can they laugh more? How can they like more me? How can they like me more? All these kinds of things, making lots of strategies, and doing these strategies then over time, making them a habit, make them sort of an automatic state for me. That means that I was a fraud, who seemed to be a natural at fraud. I was playing to be someone else up to the moment where I did not even remember anymore who I was. I completely identified myself with being an extrovert person at some point. Someone who likes all of these things. I even was a a DJ playing music and being an artist and and all these kind of all these kinds of things to entertain people because that was what I uh, adapted to as some of my coping behavior and how I adapted to society. But I was a fraud. And living your life the way you are not supposed to be, living a a lie constantly where you have to keep up with what you're not, what other other people might expect from you or what you expect from yourself, it becomes very unpleasant. The emotions are all stored in the body. We become numb. 
Maybe you even felt like you haven't cried for, for decades in your life or several years without feeling differently every day that you could plan your agenda and saying like, yes, in three weeks time at 10 a.m. I'm going to be there. Whereas right now that would seem like impossible. And even for me, I do not want to plan ahead. I never know how I feel in three weeks time at 10 a.m. I can't plan those things. What do I actually want at those moments? Maybe what I need in that moment is something else. Therefore, I find it so hard to keep up with society. And I don't even want to keep up with society because I have uncovered myself. I'm not recovered. I am in the process of uncovery. And it goes deeper and deeper and deeper. And all the time it gets more beautiful. How does it feel to be uncovered? That's a good question, right? It's not the feeling that you're getting better, that you can keep up with your to-do list. It's not, it's not that. It's not that what I'm hoping for. It's not that. If, if that is the goal, then, I mean, that's it. Then, then do something else. Don't do the alignment program, please. I don't want to say that I'm all the way there at the uncovery, because I think it is a process. But I imagine it to be like this. You wake up, you take your first conscious breath and really enjoy this breath as much as you can. You're not having the urge to do anything except from being with yourself. Your mind feels empty, your body feels pleasant, silent, comfortable. With each breath that you take, you feel the energy flowing through your body. And you open your eyes and you're admiring the beauty from where you are. You really look around. There's not much that you need to do. There's not much that you want to do. You want to be there with yourself, really enjoying the moment the whole day making everything a meditation and being as well so silent that you have space for other people. You really listen to them. You don't judge them anymore. You don't have a full mind chattering you. You have compassion for others and you admire their beauty even while they are suffering. So that is a very short version of how I imagine this to be. I don't experience this all the time, but it's becoming more often. It is as well a habit to not involve myself in excessive thinking or to-do lists or coping behavior that keeps me away from experiencing this. When I had in the year 2017, um, six months of no thoughts, I started to remember lots of things that a normal human being doesn't remember. I really don't want to call myself spiritual in that way or making a spiritual identity from this. I usually don't share this, but I started to remember past lives. I started to remember uh, the deaths after past lives. I also started to remember uh, the decision to come to this life and how it was made. How I really didn't want to be here 
I really didn't want to go. They really had to talk me into this. I don't really know who they are, but it wasn't really um, something that I was keen to do. I didn't really know why. Then this week I was on the beach, consciously breathing, really enjoying myself, enjoying the view, breathing in, breathing out. Everybody was on their mobile phone. I was too for a while. Though at a certain moment I felt like it was time to really be consciously with myself and enjoy this moment as much as possible. It didn't take long for me to be in a meditative state. I went to a restaurant and I ate a pizza with gluten and I'm not really good with gluten. I wanted to see what's going to happen with with me. And uh, this is not really a part of the story by the way. Only after a few minutes um, I started to feel the effect. I felt a fatigue going over me, but not a fatigue that I was extremely fatigued or something, just some, some, some form of fatigue that was clouding the meditative state that I used to have, that I, that I, have, that I had before. I went home and uh, it was still a beautiful day and a beautiful evening. And I really enjoyed my sleep. I had lots of dreams. And in the morning I started to remember something that came from that meditative state, from no thoughts where I was in the day before. I remembered the, again the decision of coming to this place. I really did not want to come. I did not want to come because I didn't want to live a life of something that I was not. I did not want to adapt to a society. I wanted to be the sensitive me that I really was, that I was all this time. And I wanted to feel what I just described, you know, the, that each breath is a pleasure, that being present and alive just feels so joyful. And I knew that it would be impossible for me to experience this in that life that was presented to me. Partly because I grew up in a family where feelings were not tolerated sort of, uh, well, I think it's, in the end, it's, it's like psychopathic almost. And the village where I grew up in was, I've, well, I've been a part of a satanic ritual by the age that I was four or five. They did not select me, uh, thank God, but the whole village had some sort of a cloud of negativity over it. And I was so glad that I... Um, moved away from that village by the age of 12 it was the, the town of Bodegraven in the Netherlands so those were very hard conditions for me to grow up the way that I actually want to grow up then let's say my angel or my guides convinced me to coming to this place because I will develop chronic fatigue syndrome which forced me to be myself again I asked, okay, but, but, but when? I want, to have, I want to have it soon in life. Their answer was, you will have it relatively soon. And only because of chronic fatigue syndrome did I want to come to this life. Can you imagine? It flips the entire thing upside down. This chronic fatigue syndrome is the reason why I'm here, because otherwise I could not be myself. I would have to live a life as a fraud. I would never develop myself into who I actually am. 
the flower that I am. It's a gift. The illness is a gift. At the same time, it doesn't feel like that. It's, it's, a, it's a gift wrapped in a nightmare. I know that. And the illness is not really an illness because as soon as you start, as if you have learned how to deal with yourself and unlearned how to not deal with yourself, you will improve. You will improve when you stop your stress addiction. You will improve when you stop your coping addiction. You will improve when you implement your healthy boundaries. You will improve when you start to enjoy life, when you are doing what you're here for. So yes, it's a completely different look at it. Therefore, I don't see us like I, I uh, sometimes, uh, well, I, I connect with the community. I don't see this group as being ill, but I see it as a group who is in a phase of transformation. They need to relearn how to treat themselves. That's all. Therefore, when sometimes in coachings, when I really hit the nail, when really something comes through me that really makes it, you know, that, it, that, you really, that they really get it, Results can come really fast. Like even the next day, you can feel much, much better. Sometimes when it's almost there, the point, you can also feel worse the next day. Worse or bad are two things that show me that whatever I'm working on with you is a good thing. It's a bonus. So then I just need to do it a little bit better or we need to do it again. Sometimes... Um, when I'm talking about emotions, for example, there is still so much unconscious resistance towards feeling this because in our childhood, we really learned from our caretakers and from society that those feelings were scary, were not good. We should avoid them at all time. The only you that is allowed to be there is a happy you. And we become so good at it that... Eventually, the smiles on our faces are fake. Just like our entire persona that we created is fake. And everything that we think that is important in this world is fake. Every idea that we have about how to live our life is a lie. Everything that we think that gives us joy is a lie so what is the truth then that's the question who are you really if you are really a divine soul like we are all divine souls being here for an experience then it's not about money it's not about status then what is it about that's the question and I don't want to escape in this spiritual bullshit where we uh, talk our, ourselves into being spiritual in a mental way because it's not about it's not it's not about the mind the mind is just a tool it's about feeling therefore it's also so dangerous to follow these spiritual practices because they have to describe feeling via the words of the mind it's like talking Spanish via using the Dutch language. It's, it's impossible. 
it's it's not something that that we can do um it's a different language yeah <laughs> oh i sorry i just came up with that example <laughs> might not be the best one so yeah we need to make a shift the shift is from thinking to feeling to thinking our way through life to feeling our way through life and then we also come to what i think that that is my purpose i am probably just like you a very sensitive human i don't want to i don't want to even use this word person anymore forget about persons i'm a human i'm a sensitive human and if i am very sensitive then my purpose is to be sensitive to be really exploring what it is to feel in order to know what it is to feel and to really feel on an intense level that is unheard of that is unknown of i needed to unlearn how to to feel to become numb to live in the mind as well to reverse this again to really know what feeling actually means so that i can really know what i really am if i am feeling then what is feeling what is it also what is it not how does it feel like to completely abandon feeling when i am feeling and it feels empty it feels like i was lost it feels like overwhelm it felt like suppressed anxiety not even becoming aware of anxiety anymore becoming aware of anxiety could be can be a good thing because i never realized i had it so numbed out it was beaten out of me and i did it myself for that i had to forgive myself forgiving who yourself how does that how, how how can we do that i decided to forgive to ask for forgiveness to my soul and when i was reconnecting with my anger a few years ago it happened i felt that i was forgiven it felt that the connection with who i really am was established again bit by bit you know very small pieces in the beginning and that made me cry for weeks a lot of people they they they, they ask me this question should i cry when i have to cry yes yes do it do it makes me feel tired it doesn't matter do it let it out let everything out of your system everything that you carried all the emotions all the self-hatred you know because not feeling yourself is a form of self-hatred almost everybody is stuck in a prison of self-hatred what they call uh being a good human uh don't fall into that trap anymore so um going back to remembering death as well from several lifetimes two lifetimes ago i i died and i had to laugh i had to laugh because i did not see it i was so you know in my own mind so lost that i did not see it and i had to laugh and my idea was to do it again but this time i want to die during being alive because being alive felt 
death to me and death felt like being alive to me it was a paradox if death is more alive than life is then death can actually be a good thing and death can also happen while we are alive if you start to you know well they call it in the spiritual circles they make it sound really uh, advanced and amazing well don't fall into that trap just unprogram unlearn everything that you you do to yourself and then you're there again so you've never you've never been gone because you've you cannot be something else than you than you were and then bit by bit just like for me these memories come or other information come when i'm really present you can remember things how it's supposed to be glimpses of who you really are glimpses of what is again possible so my goal is it to die this lifetime while being alive to completely live who i actually have been all the time to yeah well let's uh, let's just keep keep it with that <laughs> the trap of talking about this kind of stuff is that it all sounds so spiritual and that people make an identity about their spirituality and feel themselves as being important or getting an ego about not having an ego and instead you know we're all equal um it's not about that it's not about it trying to reach something because it's it was all about getting back to who you really are and and just let that um uh, develop in this lifetime so therefore we need to walk the talk and don't talk about it um, because if we talk we are again expressing ourselves with words words are not feelings feelings um, is what are is supposed to get us free and words not words are unspoken words are thoughts uh, it's the same thing doesn't do anything for us and that is due to the fact that we need to change from living life through the mind to through the body to really feel ourselves learning to feel is not being stuck in your mind learning to feel is really focusing on the place in your body where your emotions are for example between your neck your throat and just below the navel really focus on that and yes Theoretically, it is possible that an emotion is in your arms and legs or in your head as well. Usually, this is not really the case. And people feel uh, what can be called TMS, distraction symptoms inside of their head uh, and shoulders and arms or, or legs as well, like heavy legs. And that is not something that we should focus on because it's usually just a distraction. What we need to focus on is the feelings that we feel along the path of breathing what is really there make this a practice just be with yourself breathing in and out following your breath how does it feel like is there a place in your body that feels more dense is it like moving a little bit somewhere can you this well not you don't even have to describe these feelings by your own mind it can be in the beginning to get used of this but just feel it I found out that almost everything that I feel in that part of the body is an emotion. 
Whereas I used to think that all these things were, uh, well, having to do something with digestion or food. Yet it is always something to do with emotions, feelings, and really feel it. Just be with it. Breathe through it. And they get bigger over time when you're, get, when you're getting used to feeling. The small stone that you felt in the beginning might be a giant rock. Oh, it's all, it's all okay. Breathe towards it. Breathe through it. Be with it. Just really allow it. And maybe focus on this spot for an hour. And then next time, another spot for an hour. Or maybe even longer. It doesn't really matter. As long as you feel. Really connect with your body. Thank you for listening. I wish you a beautiful day. A beautiful recovery. Check out the alignment program on my website. If you want to make a donation, you can find the donation button there. Yes, those donations are really welcome, really helpful. And that allows me to continue this path of being a holistic health coach in a much different way. Sometimes a bit controversial and sometimes not. Bye.